0: at young Cody Winstead and the Jonesing for Football studios in Philadelphia. This is a summertime edition of Jonesing for Football. Bill Jones in Dallas, young Cody in Philly, and yes, we love summertime. How hot is it in Philly these days?
1: It's really nice, Bill Jones, 80 degrees, pretty much right on the dot. It's nice here in Philly.
0: Hey, were you affected last week by those Canadian uh, fires and the smoke? Did it make its way to Philly?
1: It did. Yep. We actually had to cancel a Philadelphia Phillies versus the Detroit Tigers baseball game. It was a little eerie. I was at the ballpark, this in ballpark, and I couldn't see downtown. It was a little wow. scary. But we're good now. Wow. But you did see baseball this
0: weekend. If you paid attention to the two best teams in all of baseball who were playing each other in St. Pete, that would be the Tampa Bay Rays and the Texas Rangers. Yes, the Texas Rangers with the second best record in all of baseball. But we're not here to talk baseball. We're here to talk football. And you happen to think that the football team in Philly is really good too again this
1: year, right? I do. I like them. And I like the Cowboys, though. I got to explain. The reason I'm a little hesitant about the Eagles is the new offensive and defensive coordinators. I think that could be a problem for Philly somewhere along the line this season. Mm,
0: Very interesting. Uh, We finally it's taken us all offseason to finally get some candor out of Cody about his Philadelphia Eagles. You know what? I've got a concern about the Dallas Cowboys. Really?
1: Did you realize this during mini camp last week?
0: Yes, and they did have the mini uh, minicamp. You know, they're also they're continuing with the rookies this week at the star in Frisco. Uh, but the uh, the basically the offseason is over, the official offseason is over for the veterans, and as the three-day mandatory minicamp ended on Thursday, I had one thought in my mind, they have one more than. Matter of business to take care of before they report to Oxnard, California. Uh, I believe it's on July 24th. You know what that would be? I have no idea, but I'm very interested. Please tell me. They need another running back. Yeah. They need a guy who might be
1: able to score 12 touchdowns in a season. Yeah. Tell me about it. What do do we think? And I'm with you because I think this is an issue.
0: They need that running back that, was released in March. Mm-hmm. That would be Zeke Elliott. It's time to come to
1: terms with Zeke. Yep. And do you, okay, the question is, do you like Zeke over some of the other pretty big time running back options on the free agent market? Leonard Fournette, Kareem Hunt, Dalvin Cook, all those guys available?
0: For these running backs, the market is not out there money-wise, okay? Okay. Zeke is the perfect fit here in Dallas. And uh, I think for Zeke's benefit and for this team's benefit, they need to come to a, an agreement. And uh, I think, I think it'll happen too. I think, uh, and maybe Dalvin Cook being let go, by the Vikings will open the door for a movement on that front because maybe Minnesota is interested in Zeke. We'll we'll see. And so so then if Minnesota makes an offer to Zeke, then he can take that offer to Jerry Jones and then Jerry has something to work off of.
1: I like your thinking, Bill Jones. I've been telling people all off season long, I think Zeke is coming back to the Cowboys. Let me give you a couple other rapid fire questions before we get into our big picture topic of the day, which is players returning from injury that we're intrigued by. So let me give you a couple Cowboys rapid fire questions. Don't need the long answers, Bill Jones. Just give me something short. Are we underrating the loss of Dalton Schultz? No. Really? You wanted a short answer. I looked it up. He has led the team in red zone touchdowns the last three seasons, Bill Jones. I think it's going to be a significant loss.
0: You know, I like Dalton Schultz, but I like what they have on this roster at the salary that they have them on this roster. Uh, I really like Jake Ferguson, second-year man, fourth-round draft pick last year out of Wisconsin, Peyton Hendershot. uh, And, of course, in the second round this year out of Michigan, Luke Schoonmaker, uh, who, by the way, uh, during minicamp last week was – Bothered a little bit by a little plantar fasciitis issue in his foot. And, uh, but he should be ready to go at the start of training camp. And they didn't do anything in the mini camp anyway, from a physical standpoint. So he's not, hasn't lost anything uh, as far as the mental reps go. Uh, and I, I think they're going to be fine at tight end. I'm not concerned about the loss of Dalton Schultz.
1: Okay. Next one. Is it realistic to think the Cowboys can finish with the number one ranked defense in the league? No. Okay, so you think Michael Parsons is talking pretty high about this defense. You disagree? It's it's not
0: realistic to think that they will finish with the number one ranked defense. And you know why? Why? Because their offense is going to score some points. And that means defenses are going to be putting up more yardage in a comeback fashion against this, uh, defense. And so, and, and that's basically you, you rank the defenses by how many yards they give up. And so the really good teams that are playing with a the lead, they're going to give up some trash yards. And so that's why they are not going to be the number one ranked defense in terms
1: of total yards this year. Gotcha. Last time the Cowboys had the number one overall defense. Do you remember the year, Bill Jones? Uh, you can tell me. 2003, it was Bill Parcells' first year as head coach.
0: And they made the playoffs that year with who at quarterback?
1: Quincy, Quincy Carter, Carter, of course. <laughs> yes. of course. We all Carter. remember the Quincy era. We, and we by all- the way, you go
0: back to really good Cowboys teams back in the early 90s, and they had really good defenses back then, too. They
1: did it twice in the 90s. Um, all right, last one I've got for you. Besides Mozzie Smith. Who will be the Cowboys' most impactful rookie?
0: A lot of people will say the second-round pick, the aforementioned Luke Schoonmaker, the tight end from Michigan. And just reviewing in my head, third-round, DeMarvion Overshown, linebacker from Texas, who, unless there's an injury, is going to basically be a special teams player and may improve to the point where uh, he can be used on uh, packages late in the season. Uh, you got a fourth rounder in Junior Fajoko who could make an impact, but there's so many guys on that defensive line. You know where I'm going with this? I'm going to the sixth round. Sixth round. I'm going with Deuce Vaughn. <laughs> yes, Deuce Vaughn will be the other rookie who who had the second most impact on this team
1: behind the first rounder, Mozzie Smith. All right. Appreciate the insight from you, Dr. Jones. All right. Let's get into our topic of the day. One of the fun parts when evaluating NFL teams in the offseason is researching the injured players that missed huge portions of last season, and then factoring that into how the team will do this season. So today we're going to discuss a few of those guys whose return to the field should have a significant impact in 2023. Mr. Jones, I think you researched every injury last year. So uh, the floor is yours. Yeah, that's a lot written in the notebook. A lot. Yes. I... All right. Give me your first players or first set of players, however you want to do this.
0: <laughs> and by the way, here in Dallas, I mean, you've got Terrence Steele. You said a, a significant number of games missed last year. Terrence Steele, the right tackle, this team was running the ball very well. Uh, through the first twelve games of the year last year, and it hit a brick wall when Terrence Steele went down with an ACL injury in the twelfth game against the Houston Texans, and they couldn't run the ball. It wasn't just Zeke; Tony Pollard couldn't either. In the last four or five games of the year, Pollard was dealing with his own injury issue as well. And then into the postseason as as well, they they couldn't. That's not my guy, but that is that is one of the guys. Uh, you know, there are other injuries around the league. You know, Trevor Penning. And uh, speaking another tackle for New Orleans, got, got hurt in the first game of the year. And so this and you if you're gonna bundle players together, Michael Thomas, a wide receiver, has been hurt for several years now. Marshawn Lattimore missed some time uh last year as well with a lacerated kidney for the Saints and getting him back.
1: Bill Jones, you're talking about my Saints.
0: Last year it was my oh, that's right. this year, it's my Saints. That's right. You got Chase Young in Washington, of course, missed so many games. Kyle Pitts in Atlanta, only played 10 games last year. Um, Jamal Adams, Seattle, was uh, got hurt the first game of the year, Taurus Quad. Uh, the We've talked a lot about the Brock Purdy injury in San Francisco. Kyler Murray in Arizona. How about Calvin Ridley? In Jacksonville, okay, he was suspended, but before that, he missed uh, time the year before with mental health issues in, in Atlanta as well. And so he will he make an impact? Will Clyde Edwards-Hilaire in Kansas City come back stronger this year? I'm going first off, though, with the Los Angeles Chargers, and I'll bundle a couple of players together. One of them is their left tackle, Rashawn Slater who only played three games last year, the 13th pick in the draft in 2021, made the Pro Bowl as a rookie, uh, suffered a ruptured biceps tendon in the third game of the year last year, was lost for the season. Pair him with, on the defensive side, Joey Bosa, who had groin surgery after playing just five weeks, two and a half sacks last year. And those two could make a big impact on a Los Angeles Chargers team that went 10 and seven last year, but of course blew the huge lead in the wild card game at Jacksonville and got knocked out of the playoffs early. I'm, uh, talk about Justin Herbert all you want. He was healthy last year, but how how much better could the Chargers be with a healthy Slater at left tackle and Joey Bosa on defense? So there's my number one pick right there, the Chargers.
1: You know, I love that, Bill Jones. I actually had the Chargers going to the Super Bowl, if you remember. I don't think there are many teams in the league that if you took their best offensive linemen and their best defensive linemen, they would make the playoffs. The Chargers did, and sure, they choked away that playoff game, which we'll all never forget. But um, they have a good squad, and with those two phenomenal players coming back, they should be pretty good. Can I give you my first one? Yes, I'd love to hear it. And was it one of the ones I've already mentioned? No, of course not. I like to go off the radar, Bill Jones. Uh, The impact of my first player is being severely overlooked. It's Jets running back, Reese Hall. And I get it, Aaron Rodgers is hogging all the headlines in New York this offseason. But Hall's return will be nearly as important. First, let's start with the injury, torn ACL in the left knee week seven, missed the rest of the year. And the word from Florham Park is Hall's recovery is going well. According to Robert Sala, he's very optimistic Hall will be ready for week one. He added that Hall looks strong, powerful, and I want to quote this last one here, quote, freaking good. That's from Robert Sala. On Brees Hall. There's video of Hall from OTA. Did he say freaking good? He said freaking good. Okay, good. Okay. Yeah, I quoted him. So that, that's what he yeah. said. I thought you might have cleaned it up for jonesing for football. Uh, I did not. I ne- I would never yeah. do that. Yeah. Uh, there's video of him from um, OTAs. He's running forward. He's running backwards. He's making cuts side to side. So great news there. Now what to expect on the field. I don't think most fans and maybe even media realize how good Hall's rookie season was going to be. They eased him into action the first three weeks, splitting carries with Michael Carter. Hall averaged 11 touches a game for 71 scrimmage yards per game. But in weeks four through six, they realized this dude's a stud and we got to get him the rock. 20 touches a game and his yards per game, scrimmage yards, Increased to 132 per game, which was fourth most among running backs. And it's not a coincidence that with Hall in the lineup, the Jets were five and two. And without him, they were two and eight. This year, he's going to be an absolute monster. Obviously, the addition of Rodgers will be huge. And for those who have paid attention, know the Packers offense, the one that Rodgers is bringing with him from Green Bay has heavily featured the running backs, Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, in the last few years. I expect Hall to take the leading role this fall, both on the ground and through the air, going over 1,800 scrimmage yards, Mr. Jones. And to give you a little context, only three running backs had that many last year. I think when the season comes to an end, the Jets will be Super Bowl contenders. And Brees Hall will be a top five running back in the league. And some friendly fantasy advice to wrap up. Take Hall in your fantasy draft. In fact, I'm contemplating him with the number one overall pick in the draft. Wow. Thank you. Number one overall pick coming off an injury. You're
0: contemplating it. You haven't made that decision yet. You're going to wait until you see him in training camp,
1: right? Correct. But he is one of my three options for the number one pick in my fantasy draft. Do you want to let us know who your other two options are? No, because some of some of my competitors might be listening <laughs> to, to this podcast, Steve oh. and Andy Colleen for uh, as a couple. So listen to this when I'm talking about the Jets, my guy, Daniel Jeremiah is who I talk to. I text him about this, taking Brees Hall, number one, overall, in my fantasy draft. I text him. I said, is this brilliant or is this crazy? And guess what his response was? Brilliant. Actually, he didn't respond. Oh, no, I'm just kidding. He did. He's like, um, like, who is this guy? <laughs> What number is this?
0: Old phone. <laughs> how, and how missed. did he, and how did he get my cell phone number?
1: Old phone, who this. Um uh, anyway, uh no, he did respond. He said, he's gonna go off if if healthy, so much juice. So he didn't respond on my prediction, but I know that DJ loves Brees Hall, and I'm sticking with this prediction.
0: Okay. And I love Brees Hall as well. And again, in his limited time last year as a rookie for the Jets, he did average 5.8 yards per carry. He's a beast. Yes. All right. Let me give you another bundle of players. I like to bunch them up here. Love it. And I'm going to go to the Baltimore Ravens. Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson would be one of those players who played in 12 games last year. The PCL injury put him out, went eight and four. But as you know, it's a completely remodeled Baltimore Ravens offense this year with Todd Munkin now the offensive coordinator. And so you got Lamar Jackson coming back. And reports out of Baltimore during OTAs is that he's loving things. Uh, Munkin, Munkin, is giving him some freedom to check out at the line of scrimmage. He's going to, uh, and Lamar has got to be a happy man because he's got the largest contract in the history of mankind as yep. well. I'd be happy with that. OBJ. OBJ did not play last year, of course. And he had the ACL injury at the end of the 2021 season. So that qualifies as a player coming back from injury. And uh, we'll see what he's got still left in his tank in that new offense in Baltimore. You got a left tackle as well in Ronnie Stanley, who just started 11 games last year, had ankle surgery October 19th and was gone. Okay. And then there's another guy. First round draft pick a couple of years ago, Rashad Bateman. Six games, five starts last year, 15 receptions, and that offense that couldn't do much of anything. He had foot surgery, lost for the year. So there's your bundle of players in Baltimore, starting with Lamar Jackson, continuing with OBJ, Ronnie Stanley, and Rashad Bateman. Like my first entry, the Los Angeles Chargers, the Baltimore Ravens went 10 and seven. And got knocked out in the wild card round by the Cincinnati Bengals last year in a close game, by the way, 24 17. Now, with Lamar Jackson back and those others back from injury, who knows what the Ravens will do this year? They
1: are excited in Baltimore. Yeah, I'm with you. I was actually at that playoff game. I thought they might win the game. I believe there was a late turnover, or the Ravens would have potentially won the game. I actually think Baltimore might win the AFC North. Uh, Mr. Jones, my second and final entry. I mentioned possibly taking Brees Hall number one overall in my fantasy draft. Well, the reason I have that pick is because I had the worst record in my fantasy league last year. Let's not go there. I don't want to talk about it. But it mostly happened because of injuries to two of my first three draft picks. One was J.K. Dobbins. The other was a dude I can't wait to watch this season. Broncos running back Javante Williams. Again, let's start with the injury and then we'll work our way back. Williams recovering from torn ACL and LCL in his right knee, plus he also had bruising in the area. So it definitely seems like a more significant injury than most knee injuries. But we got positive news in recent days with Williams returning to practice on a limited basis. There's a video of him at OTAs accelerating, decelerating, jump cutting off that right leg. So a really good sign that he could be ready for week one. Mr. Jones, come jump in my DeLorean. Let's take it back to 2021 Williams rookie year. When he was the most dynamic guy in that class, over 1,200 scrimmage yards, despite splitting carries with the starter, Melvin Gordon. I thought that Williams was going to go off in 22, especially with Gordon's role decreasing. And Javante was on pace for over 1,400 scrimmage yards when the injury happened in week four. What I like most about him, the size and strength to be an early down back plus. He also has some really good receiving skills and agility in passing situations. Remember, 43 catches and when he only played actually 51% of the snaps uh, his first year. So what I want to focus on here is everyone thinks Sean Payton is going to come in and revitalize Russell Wilson. I don't think that's going to happen. My guess is Russ ends up looking like a more elusive... Not quite as accurate, Drew Brees. This is going to be Sean Payton's offense, not let Russ cook. I think Payton is going to pound the run and make the game easy on his 34-year-old quarterback. And we already know this is going to happen based on who they signed in free agency. The Broncos added guard Ben Powers, four years, $52 million. They added a tackle, Mike McGlinchey, five years, $87 million. And they also signed Chris Manhurts, who's one of the best blocking tight ends in the league, and, oh, yes, Samajé Ryan your guy as well, to spell Williams. But they're going to be a run-heavy offense in Denver with a top 10 defense as well. I took Javante number 15 overall in my fantasy draft last year, and, yeah, I got burned. But I'm still a believer, and I'm hoping to get him in the fourth or fifth round, which for me would be 48 or 49 are the picks. And if I do, look out, Lee, because Javante Williams will be a really good flex option this year.
0: At offensive line, they're also getting Garrett Bowles back, and he only started five games last year for the yep. Broncos. So, yep. yeah, I like that, and I like Javante Williams coming out of North Carolina last year, too. I got one more that I would like to mention, if I'm Please allowed do. to, uh, here on Jonesing for Football. Please do allow me to, to what was the most injury riddled team last year? Oh, easy. The Rams. Yes. (laughs) And I mean, and I would have said, okay, Matthew Stafford coming back, Aaron Donald coming back, Cooper cup coming back. I would have said that, Oh, look out for the Rams. Have
1: you looked at their roster? Yes, I have. It's it's basically those three guys and a bunch of no names that and that I've never heard of. Wow! It
0: is it is, um, and I'm not even mentioning the offensive line for the Rams last year was just uh, you know it was fascinating a- a- after. Andrew Whitworth retired, and then you got Joe, even his replacement, Joe Nopeboom, nope only played six games. It started in training camp when the guy who was projected to be their starting right guard, Logan brusk uh, went down with an injury. He was a third-round pick last year. Um, basically, the only guy on their offense who stayed healthy all year was probably their right tackle, Rob Havenstein. But um, But this – I mean, it is – you look at their defense – In their secondary? I know. I mean, they are projected right now, uh, and this is just as an aside. I was looking at it this morning. They are projected right now in their secondary to start at cornerback, sixth-rounder from last year, Darian uh, Kendrick, fourth-rounder from two years ago, Robert Rochelle, and fourth-rounder from last year, Kobe Durant. And their safeties are a seventh-rounder from last year, Russ Yeast, and a sixth-rounder from
1: 2020, Jordan Fuller. That's their secondary. Yeah. I know. And Bill Jones, I was looking at the same thing, their depth chart. And you and I study the NFL draft a lot and the combine a lot. And we get pretty deep into the prospects. I was like, I don't know most of these guys on this that are like, and not just backups, like a lot of the guys that are starters. So I'm wondering when they get to the end of training camp, they have to have
0: scouts. All over the league. And uh, I mean, looking at preseason, looking at every single game, and all teams do this, but they are going to be focused more on other teams around the league than their own team. Because when it comes time to cut down those rosters, they are going to be picking up players left and right, uh, especially on defense.
1: Oh, that's a good pick. Um, Yeah, no, Bobby Wagner, he's gone. Jalen Ramsey, he's gone. Leonard Floyd is gone.
0: That's right. He just signed with Buffalo this past week. Uh, Taylor Rapp, Nick Scott, Sean <laughs> Robinson, who only played 10 games last year. He signed with the Giants. Uh, wow. Uh, Greg Gaines signed with Tampa Bay. He started 12 games last year. I mean, in a weird way, it's going to be inter- very interesting to see what happens with the Rams this year because of the, the way their roster is put together right now. And, it, and it's all a product of they sold out to win a Super Bowl 2 years ago and it worked for them but now they're paying the
1: price for it. Yeah, we'll really find out how good of a coach Sean McVay is. They were 5 and 12 last year, but in his first 5 seasons they had winning seasons all those and they actually had the second most victories in the league from 2017 until 21. So, uh but we'll find out about McVay this year. That'll be that'll be fun to watch.
0: And uh, I've got one more thing I'd like to ask you. When was the last time Ohio State won a national championship? Why? 2014? No, and they've, they've won. In some sport, they've had to have won a national championship since 2014. Oh, yeah. We oh, yeah. I mean, when, we but, won. but when was the last time an Ohio State team won a national championship?
1: Uh, I'm not sure. Synchronized swimming wins every year, so I'm not sure. But that happened a while back? I
0: think probably last year. I'm
1: not sure. Yeah. Did you
0: happen to watch the Oklahoma Sooner softball team? I did.
1: Yeah. How many? What was it? Have you gotten on the Sooner schooner yet? No, but I'm impressed. What's it end up being? 51 straight wins to end the season? I think it's about
0: 53 straight wins. Is it? And by the way, the star of that team, Grace Lyons, one of the stars, there's about nine stars on that team. She happens to have an NFL connection. Oh, really? Tell me about it. The punter for the Miami Dolphins. He signed as a college free agent. Michael Turk is her fiance. He proposed to her after the Bedlam game last year in November. Yes. So I would suggest you climb aboard the Sooners Schooner because the most recent national championship in any sport, young Cody, was won by the Oklahoma
1: Sooners. Congratulations to them. They were fun to watch. I actually watched not multiple like full games, but I watched like multiple full innings of multiple games. So uh, congratulations to them. And I guess congratulations to you. Do you deserve that? I don't really know.
0: (laughs) I can't stand watching softball. (laughs)
1: Well, that's fun. I mean, they're a great squad. I enjoy they it. They are. They are. They are.
0: And it's a 3 p That's, that's uh, three national championships in a row and six in the last 10 years. Take that, Nick Saban. Yeah, exactly. Nick Saban who? Get out of here. <laughs> All right. So that does it for this edition of Jonesing for Football. What are we going to do on the next edition of Jonesing for Football?
1: uh maybe best defenses or our most intriguing defenses that we might hit we might get into that next week
0: okay do you want me to talk about dan quinn's dallas cowboys defense that will not be the number one ranked defense in the league this year
1: yeah that's what i was about to say i don't want you to talk about it unless you think they can be number one and you obviously don't think they We've can already dismiss that notion is yeah, absurd exactly. we should get Micah parsons on and let him tell us why they can be the number one defense. <laughs> That'd be a good idea. All right. So that uh, enjoy your uh, baseball watching
0: in Philadelphia. Uh, in the meantime, until we convene again, that's it for Jonesing for Football for this time. So long, everybody.
1: And you too, Babe Offenberg.